This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings. I'm Dina Marie, and here we are in the fifth week of Ordinary Time. We start with the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're just going to have one more week of Ordinary Time, and then we will transfer or transition into the Lenten season. So, really absorb these readings as we prepare for another beautiful season in the church, a time of transformation for ourselves. And these are such beautiful readings we're hearing from the Gospel of Mark. And we're also continuing to be challenged, as I think we always do, from St. Paul. So for those of you who may have just started the Bible in a Year podcast, this has been out for the last couple of years now, through uh, Ascension Press and Father Mike Schmitz, the modern day radio radio broadcast has been able to broadcast as well as many Catholic radio stations now, the Bible in a year starting on January 1st. And so we have actually been able to go through the book of Job together. We just started this year, 2024, with the Bible in a year. So I am certainly looking at the book of Job with absolutely new eyes. And we get a little tiny, tiny bit of Job today. So as we begin our readings, uh, let's just open our hearts up to the Holy Spirit. I think about when I, when I say open our hearts and we hear the priest, you know, ask us to lift up our hearts Again, if you've been doing the Bible in a year, or if you know much about the book of Exodus, at the very beginning of Exodus, we hear about Pharaoh, who God even says will harden the heart of Pharaoh. And you see how difficult, how much Pharaoh is just not going to move. He will not move for anybody except for himself. And do we have those hard hearts. We think, oh, no, I could never be like Pharaoh. But there's probably times in our lives where we have been hard of heart. So let's just open our hearts to the Holy Spirit as we begin this broadcast and as we really listen and learn from sacred scripture and ask for the word of God to enlighten our lives. Our first reading in the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time is a reading from the book of Job. Job spoke, saying, Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? He is a slave who longs for the shade, 
a hireling who waits for his wages. So I've been assigned months of misery and troubled nights have been allotted to me. If in bed I say, when shall I arise? Then the night drags on. I am filled with restlessness until the dawn. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. The word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm, Psalm 147. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Praise the Lord for he is good. Sing praise to our God for he is gracious. It is fitting to praise him. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem, the dispersed of Israel he gathers. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He tells the number of the stars. He calls each by name. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. To his wisdom, there is no limit. The Lord sustains the lowly, the wicked he casts to the ground. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. Our second reading is a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if I preach the gospel, this is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have a recompense, but if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so as to win over as many as possible. To the weak, I became weak to win over the weak. I have become all things to all to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel so that I too may have a share in it. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. 
Simon and those who were with him pursued him and on finding him said, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, usually I begin these podcasts with a a thread and the word that came to me and I don't know if it's a thread per se, but it is prayer and and Jesus praise. That really came out to me in this gospel. And we'll start with Job a little bit, but Jesus praise. And that just got me to ponder and to think, you know, how does Jesus pray? Why does Jesus pray? When does Jesus pray? And that really has been resonating in my heart as I look at this readings. You know, the book of Job, and I appreciate the time that we've had to spend with the Bible in a Year podcast to go through the book of Job. I, I never have gone through from the first to the to the last of Job speaking to his friends. His friends have these huge speeches about why Job has lost everything in his life and why so much turmoil and suffering has come to Job. But the final, and it's only a few uh, verses really comes with the dialogue between Job and God. Spoiler alert. But in this particular just few stanzas in the reading of the book of Job, what I just really hear is a man crying out from the pit of his heart, from from the bottom of his of his stomach, this this depth of cry of suffering, of sorrow, of pain, of just of an absolute heart-wrenching you know, why? There's not a let's fix it. There's not. It's just the human condition of brokenness. And it, it it's not only Job. It's each and every one of us in our own way, in our own journey, at different times in our life are going to come to our hands and knees and fall on the floor and just groan. There's just this suffering that's coming from the heart of Job. And we find, as we learn in the story, that Job loves God. He's a lover of God. And yet, He is right now in the midst of pain and suffering, mental, emotional, spiritual anguish. It's something that's part of our human experience since the beginning of original sin with Adam and Eve in the garden, turning away from their obedience to God. And so we're going to experience that suffering, we won't avoid it. But what we do have is hope. What we do have is faith. What we do have is the light of Jesus Christ. And so with Job today, I think the question is for you, it's for me, when have I experienced that kind of brokenness, 
that kind of suffering, or maybe you've accompanied somebody in a time of real suffering. It may be a relationship that's been ruptured. It may be watching one of your children or grandchildren going far away. I can remember uh, a woman, wow, this just came to my mind, a woman that I worked with who was just such a solid Christian. She loved her faith. She loved Jesus Christ. We were working in an office that supported people who were working through the welfare system, and we were helping to support these people uh, with adult and family services. And so every day we work with people that were just on the margins, that were just in the depths of um, discouragement and brokenness. And yet uh, Jane, she was always a bright light. She carried Christ with her everywhere. And, you know, this was a time where I wasn't going to church. I had grown up with Christianity, but I certainly wasn't practicing it. And I worked directly with this woman who always expected the best out of people, even when they were lying, even when they were stuck in their difficulties of drugs and domestic violence and all of these things, she just had a light. And she had a son who was far, far off. And she always had this hopefulness that he would come back, that he would come back. And I just think about that that hopefulness that even when she saw great difficulty, not only in other people's lives, but even in the life of her own son, that she maintained even these darkest moments, a sense of hope. And that certainly left an impression on my heart. Boy, 30 years later, it's coming back to be in my heart of, of that image, that, that example that one person had in the love of God, in the midst and recognizing the true suffering and brokenness of all of us. And here's St. Paul that we get in the, in the scriptures today, who uh, he, he knows that he has a purpose. He knows that he is on mission. And, and I'm going to turn to the scripture here in what we don't hear in in 1 Corinthians today, if you just read a little bit further, this is why it's so important to spend a little time in the readings, whether it's before Sunday or following the Sunday Mass, and you've heard these readings, because you look, you'll see, oh, they missed a couple of, of lines in that particular series of readings. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, go down to verse 24. And we've heard St. Paul in this reading today, and then he goes on because he's really talking about, I must proclaim the gospel. I must preach to everyone, no matter where they are, no matter where they live or where they came from. Now that I have encountered Christ, it's my duty. It's my obligation. It's not my job. Like I have to go and, and clock in and get paid for this. I'm not doing this for any type of reward, any kind of monetary reward. I'm doing this because Christ is in me and I can't not do it <laughs> because I love Christ because of the life that Christ has given me. There's the only way I can respond Paul is saying, is by living this gospel out. I, I have to because of what Christ 
has done for me. And so Paul is really some of his his words and his writings will go into sports analogies and people love sports in the United States. But he says this, he says, do you not know that runners in the stadium all run in the race, but only one wins the prize? I think about the Olympics. People are so into the Olympics. And uh, well, I came from the state of Oregon, where University of Oregon and, and all of the different you know, running track and field races are so important, but only one wins the prize. Run so as to win, Paul says. And so then Paul explains in verse 26, thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. I run the race to win. Oh my goodness. Are we running the race to win? Or are we aimlessly running around in life? You know, I just see with this world filled with distractions and media and technology that are we running a race? What race are you running? Are you running the race to win? Are you focused on the mission? And that's really what I'm taking away from St. Paul is that we have a purpose. We've been created by God for mission go forth and make disciples, preaching to them in all nations and proclaiming the good news, baptizing, repentance. The kingdom of God is at hand. Are you running? What race are you running? Are you running the race of the world? Satan would love that for you to run the race of the world and to achieve and to accomplish all of these worldly things. But are we running the race with Christ, for Christ? I love that. Even when you just hear it, Viva Cristo Rey, when you hear the conviction uh, of, of the Mexican people in, in those times of huge persecution and you hear the men and women cry, Vivo Cristo Rey. There's a purpose in their mission to fight for their faith, to fight for the right to worship. If there's one thing that I've learned in the 31 days of, of this Bible in a Year podcast is God didn't save us so that we could be free from pain. God didn't save us so we could have a cushiony and easy life. God didn't save the Israel people so they could be out of slavery only. God saves his people for them to worship. We are a people to worship, to praise. This is, this is the, the, the psalm. This is why we always have the psalms. Praise the Lord who heals the Job. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. The Lord heals us. The Lord sustains the lowly, the psalm says. The wicked he casts to the ground. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. To his wisdom there is no limit. God saves for us to worship him. For us to worship him. 
worthy is the lamb. So just real quickly in this gospel of Mark, there's so much here, but we heard Last week, let me flip the page. We learned last week that Jesus, according to the gospel of Mark, he goes into the synagogue and he teaches. And all of a sudden there is an unclean spirit amongst the crowd in the synagogue. And the voice says, you know, what have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? And I just want to hear Jesus say, yes, I've come to destroy you, evil one. But Jesus simply says, quiet right? Come out of him. He rebukes the evil spirit. So in the word of God, his, his simple words have power, right? And expel the demon. Well, here we don't even have a word. Jesus comes into the home of Simon's mother-in-law. He hears about the illness of the woman. And I love this. He approached, put yourself in the bed. Have you ever been sick? Maybe you're lying on the couch. That's typically where I go if I'm sick. I'm lying on the couch with my comfortable blankie, maybe with a little hot tea next to me. But think about Jesus coming to you in that place. He just approaches you, grasps her hand, and helped her up. He didn't say a word. Jesus simply comes, touches, and and the woman's fever is gone. And she goes and acts as a disciple, you know, and she goes and serves. She waits on them. It's in the touch of Jesus. You know, we are that touch of Jesus. We can touch somebody's hand at the bedside on a corner of a street. When we see somebody hurting like a Job, And then we learn the lesson that in the midst of all, you know, the whole town, the whole town was gathered at the door. People who were sick, people who were possessed by demons. Can you can you even imagine? I don't think we could imagine what that would have looked like to see this whole town coming to Jesus, you know, but they're coming to him. Yeah, they want their physical uh, needs met. But really, Jesus wants them eventually to worship to worship, to be a people of praise. It's going to take some time for the people to learn that. But he goes after all of that time with all of the people clamoring on him. He goes to spend time with his father. He goes up to a quiet place. And he knows his mission. And he just needs that time to be quiet and just to speak directly to the father. Jesus and the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are having that moment of prayer, that moment of solitude, that moment of quiet. And then after time in in commune with his Father, here come the apostles. We found you. Where, Where are you? And Jesus says, let's go. Let's go preaching. Because for this, I was made. For this, I am here to preach the gospel. Jesus is going to continue his mission, but he needs time to pray. He takes time to pray. He needs time because he's weak. No, he knows where the power comes from. The power comes from the father. We go to the father, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We praise the name of the Lord. We praise our father in heaven. Jesus is doing just that. 
and he's staying focused. He is staying focused to win the race. What's the race? Your soul, my soul. The end of the finish line, souls in heaven, praising the Lord, praising the Lord. That's the end game. So don't get distracted. Yes, we will have the, the, the Job moments of pain and suffering and cry out in those suffering moments. Accompany those who are crying out in such, in such pain and misery. But we know the end game now, like Paul, it's our, it's our privilege, but it's also a responsibility to be Christ in the world. I wanted to finish with this short uh, reflection on faith. There's a lot of, boy, there's a lot of good things. This is a real short reflection from Pope Paul VI from 1965. He said, it talks about faith being the light that enlightens our path. And we'll just close with this. Pope Paul VI teaches to have a dogmatic attitude, certainly, which means it is not founded on our knowledge, but on the word of God. This attitude of ours does not fill us with pride because we are the fortunate and exclusive possessors of the truth, but it makes us strong and gives us the courage to defend it. It makes us love to spread it. St. Augustine says, without conceit, be proud of the truth. Be proud of the truth. Be proud of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take that word with you as you go through your week, in your vocation, in your work, in your ministry, in your family, and however the Lord is called to you. Remember to run that race to win. Souls for Christ. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.